This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. The thaw will only halt Russia for so long. Eventually, they will break through. What happens then? Ukraine cannot sustain this fight much longer. If they try, they will lead, it will lead to more casualties. So their best bet is diplomacy, and that's what today was all about, diplomacy. We're focusing on three important meetings today. First, the talks between the foreign ministers of Ukraine and Russia. Those happen in Turkey. Second, the bilateral between U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris and the Polish president. And third, the European Union summit in Versailles. Let's begin with the most important one, the talks in Turkey. Ukraine was represented by Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuleba. Across the table was Sergei Lavrov, Russia's veteran foreign minister, and sitting in the middle was the peace broker, Turkey's foreign minister, Mevlut Cavusoglu. The build-up was intense, but the expectations were low. Both sides went in with different demands. Ukraine wanted a ceasefire, Russia wanted a surrender. In the end, both demands were rejected. They seek. they seek a surrender from Ukraine. That is not what they are going to get. Ukraine is strong. Ukraine is fighting. Ukraine made the Russian plan. The Russian initial plans failed. We are ready to seek balanced diplomatic solutions to put an end to this war. But we will not surrender. Fail. Did anything positive emerge from Turkey? To be honest, no. Ukraine and Russia could not agree on something as simple as a ceasefire. So imagine discussing NATO or Donbass. The fact is, there is a huge gulf in priorities and that gulf will not be resolved in round one. Or round two for that matter. Having, having said that, there is also a silver lining. Both sides have agreed to keep talking, to keep exploring diplomacy and that's very important. And for that, you need a mediator. In 2014, Belarus was the perfect candidate to mediate. This time Belarus has openly sided with Russia, so Turkey has emerged as the unlikely broker. But what's in it for President Erdogan of Turkey? Three things, money, stability and strategy. The money comes from tourism. Let me show you the numbers from 2021. Four and a half million Russians visited Turkey, so did two million Ukrainians. If the war drags on, that tourism money is going to disappear. It's very important for Turkey. Second is stability. Turkey shares maritime borders with both Ukraine and Russia. This war could turn the Black Sea into a powder keg. That could disrupt trade, shipping and gas supplies. Also, Erdogan needs Putin in Syria. Remember, they're backing opposite sides in Syria. Putin supports Bashar al-Assad. Erdogan backs the rebels. If Putin wants, he can create a lot of trouble at Turkey's border. And finally, we have strategy. Erdogan wants to appease NATO and Western powers. He needs to get American sanctions lifted. This is a good way to get there. So there's a lot at stake for Turkey. And Erdogan is treading a very dangerous line here. He has closed the Black Sea to Russian warships. His drones are being used by the Ukrainian army. At the same time, he has refused to join Western sanctions. Turkish skies remain open to Russian planes. What's the worst case scenario for Erdogan? His dual track ends in dual failure. He gets rejected by both NATO and Russia. So this mediation is crucial for Turkey. If it blows up, Erdogan will be caught in the crossfire. Now let's tell you about the second big meeting. This was in Warsaw, Poland. US Vice President Kamala Harris met Poland's President Andrzej Duda. This was a damage control mission. Poland has been doing a lot of heavy lifting lately. They are welcome more than 1.3 million refugees. They're shipping weapons. They're hosting NATO battalions. That's a lot of pressure. 
And the U.S. is only adding to the worries. Earlier this week, Poland offered fighter jets to Ukraine, not directly, but through a three-way deal. The jets would go to a U.S. base. From there, they would be flown to Ukraine. It, seems like, it seemed like the perfect plan. But the Americans backed out. So Joe Biden has dispatched Kamala Harris to Warsaw. Her mission is straightforward. A, set things right with Poland, and B, shore up American presence on Ukraine's border. At the press conference, journalists did ask Harris about the fighter jet saga. Take a look at how she dodged that question. Well, we're, we're making deliveries every day in terms of what we can do in terms of assistance. And um, in particular, when you look at what we've been doing as it relates to anti-tank and anti-defense systems, that is an ongoing process. And that's not going to stop to the extent that there is a need. I have to say, Kamala Harris is making a habit of this. Or should I say Joe Biden is? Do you remember America's migrant crisis last year? Thousands of migrants gathered at America's southern border. What did Biden do? He sent Kamala Harris to Central America. Then you had the AUKUS fallout. France was reacting furiously to the betrayal. What did Joe Biden do? He sent Kamala Harris to meet Emmanuel Macron. So what exactly is the vice president's role? Is she the firefighter or the scapegoat? Well, that's a discussion for another day. We'll talk about the third meeting for now. The European Union Summit in Versailles. I have to say the setting is perfect. The Treaty of Versailles ended World War I in 1919. Can the city repeat that magic? Right now it looks unlikely. The EU summit is scheduled for two days. It promises to be a lot of haggling and disagreements. Three things stop the agenda. Ukraine's membership, more sanctions on Russia, and cutting off Russian energy. And on all of, all of these three, Europe is divided. Poland and the Baltic states want to fast-track Ukraine's membership. They want a quick divorce from Russian energy. Western Europe says not so fast. I'm talking about Germany, France and Italy. They're not so keen on this. As always, European solidarity is missing. For a short while, it seemed like Europe had found its mojo. Sanctions, statements, everything was coordinated. But on day 15 of the invasion, realism has crept in. Europe buys 40% of its gas from Russia. That is a fact. An overnight separation is not possible. Does that mean Versailles 2.0 is doomed to fail? Well, maybe not. One agenda does seem interesting. Emmanuel Macron is pushing for a European security framework. What is that? Broadly speaking, he wants two things, a European army and a European security policy. Macron wants Brussels to deal with Russia. He wants to reduce America's involvement. Like I said, it's an interesting deal. Just one problem, though. Macron needs 26 countries to sign off on it, and that is simply not happening. 